Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Cecily Wong is the author of Kaleidoscope, a novel. Cecily is the author of the novel Diamond Head, which was a Barnes & Noble Discover Great New Writers selection, the recipient of an L Reader's Prize, and voted a Best Debut of the Brooklyn Book Festival. She is also the co-author of the New York Times bestseller Gastro Obscura, A Food Adventurer's Guide. Her work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Review of Books, Self Magazine, Real Simple, and elsewhere. She is a graduate of Barnard College and lives in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Cecily. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your beautiful novel, Kaleidoscope. Thank you so much for having me. You are a beautiful, beautiful writer. I love your style of writing, like the sentence, some of the sentences I was just like looking at over and over and like you don't they're not like overly flowery but the way you use words and these like concise things that just like burst on images into my brain it's really awesome 
Oh, wow. I love the, the brain image burst. <laughs> what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know why I, I like, I get so much joy at a, at a new sentence that, that does something different in like, in, uh, with not that many words, like even the sentence that you wrote, you said, I woke up to the day I'd emptied, sat up in bed and let time shake out in front of me. What a great sentence. Like, that's just a great sentence. You know, thanks for saying that because I actually, I had a couple of fights over that sentence with my team and they were like, does this, is this working? And I was like, I don't know. I think it is. And so we ended up keeping it. Oh my God. Um, I love it. A few different iterations. So, so thanks. I'm glad that there's a fan of that sentence. That's not just me. I am a total fan of that sentence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now that I've talked about your writing, which I love, can you tell listeners a little more about what Kaleidoscope is about? Yeah, sure. So, so Kaleidoscope is, it follows this, um, the family called the Brighton family. And they are a, they're a biracial Chinese American family that kind of begins their life pretty humbly in Oregon. They, they run the town's first organic grocery store. And as that kind of blows up, they start traveling and they go on these, these package tours that take them to Asia. And eventually they end up in India where they spark this idea for a business that they call Kaleidoscope. And it's essentially, it's a business that sources luxury goods from around the world, mostly from Asia and India. And it's, it's, um, it's clothing, it's, it's furniture, it's jewelry. And it's, it's kind of this like, um, faux bohemian lifestyle store and it blows up and it takes them to New York and they find all this success. And essentially the novel follows the two sisters in the family who are, they grew up super, super close and, and just how they kind of contend with the shifting landscape of their family as they, as they find success with the store and it takes them places. And they're, they're super different. There's, there's Morgan, who's the older sister and she's kind of the beautiful one. Um, she's fashiony. She's the designer. And then there's Riley. Sorry. Riley is the, is the younger sister and she's kind of brainier and kind of snarky. And she, she kind of doesn't believe in what the family is doing with Kaleidoscope. And, and so it follows that dynamic. Um, but there's also an accident about halfway through that kind of turns the, turns the family on its head and, and it follows them through their shifting relationships with each other, with the world, with their ambition. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, a lot of travel along the way. It's true. The second half was all like, I was like, where am I going next? This is great. Like, where are we, where are they going to take, where is she going to take me? Uh, <laughs> I haven't been to Mumbai. I haven't been to a lot of these places. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my favorite kind of books are always the ones where you get to see the inside. You, you know, it doesn't even have to be um, a country you haven't been to, but just kind of a, a strange like peek into into a, a place that you're not familiar with and you get to do it through reading. I mean, that's the, the joy of books. Totally. Also like being a part of somebody else's relationship. And I feel like you not only crafted such strong relationships between the girls, but also with James and I found myself really rooting for him <laughs> as he vied for anyone's attention for a long time. And you know, <laughs> no, his image, poor, James. poor James's image of him like looking at himself in the in the mall or wherever you had him with like his his like overly dry clean over not dry clean, overly washed <laughs> or something. What did you say about the t-shirt? Some sort of Yeah, over, it's like warped from the dryer. Yes, like warped from the dryer. And, yeah. <laughs> and like getting contacts. 
get in like all that and then like the, with his horn room glasses later and it's just like come on like, <laughs> i know like, can't well, get I'm it right i know <laughs> i know it's true i mean i mean that was part of it i mean the the book goes from kind of small town oregon to new york and i and it is kind of a it was a trajectory that i took as well and there's all these transformations that come obviously emotionally but also physically when you're leaving you know a place like small town oregon and ending up in manhattan and james and riley kind of became my my vehicles and Morgan even yeah, for, yeah. for what that can look like. You know, you had this one passage that really stuck with me about how it really stuck with me. Sorry. When James is, see, you know, when James sees Riley for the first time in a while and she's like, well, everyone should know this isn't what he's really like. And then she's like, well, that's the whole point of being able to move to a new city and reinvent yourself is that maybe that wasn't the most authentic to him anyway. And maybe this is his opportunity for reinvention and maybe it's mine too. Absolutely. I mean, you're just trying stuff out. I mean, this is kind of a collision for them at least of college and moving to a big city. And so they got kind of like double double reinvention power. But during that scene that you're talking about, you know, they're both kind of simultaneously trying to reinvent themselves and yet they know each other from high school. And so they know, you know, what that former self used to be. And that's always a little jarring. I feel like when you meet someone from your past, like, you know, a number of years later and you feel like you're a different person, but all of a sudden just their presence in the room kind of reflects back to you, this old person who you forgot that you once were. Totally. I also feel like I'm so, like, there was a, a guy I went to high school with who went by Jamie, and now he goes by James. And I'm like, I will not call you James. <laughs> I you really, like, and I feel like that might be your right, you know? You knew him as a Jamie. <laughs> it's always hard to, re, to relearn the names when, they're, when they've been stuck in your brain in a certain way. Yeah. This friend of mine from college, too, Danny Goldman, who just ran for is running for Congress actually. But now he's like, Dan Goldman running for, I was like, you are Danny to me and I am going to post about Danny and I am not going to call you Dan ever. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. And in people's quest to reinvent, they drag along some of the old timers (laughs) who might be more more resistant to it. (laughs) We're the ones messing it up. You also do a nice job too of giving us these little glimpses into the mom's point of view. You jump around a little bit with who's you know, whose perspective we're taking and even the one towards the end with how she's feeling about some of the things that I won't give away, but that have transpired in the family, which are horrific and whatever. I mean, even just little glimpses of what it means to be her in those, in those moments too, were really eye-opening. Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, it was a book long journey for me to find empathy for the character of the mom. Yeah, I I needed to find some closure by the end, and it was I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to find it until those those last scenes. Yeah, and actually, I didn't want to write them because those are all going. You know, how do you how do you yeah. find closure with characters who are who are difficult like that and are behaving badly? Yeah, and so yeah, and so it took it took until the end. It took a full five <laughs> years for me to understand for me to understand the mother in this story. And isn't isn't that the way with mothers in general? I mean, totally. I think that that uh, it's kind of apt, yeah, to real life as well. I was not I was not expecting the the last twist of information. Um, so that's always good. I, I feel like I might oh, be the most gullible reader on the planet. Some people, like even our, our publishing team, they're like, I have a really hard time suspending disbelief. So I didn't follow this. I was like, really? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it immediately. I did. I didn't question um, a thing. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. I've, I've, I've tried to stop guessing twists. It's always better. My favorite books are when there is a huge twist, but you don't know that, you know, there's no hype around the twist. Like they don't, you don't go into it looking for it. Yes. True. And then you just get floored. Yes, totally. That happened with, uh, at the ending of, did you read Hurricane Girl by Marcy Dermansky by any chance? Not yet, but it is on my list. I didn't know that anything, I mean, now I've probably ruined it for you, but like that there was this <laughs> surprising, big surprising ending that I had not expected at all. And I, nobody warned me that it was there. And so it made it all the more powerful, but now I've warned it. Now I've warned other people. That's so. the best way. All right. Well, I'll, I'll erase this immediately. Yeah, but it's still really good. Well, what, what books are some of your favorites while we're talking about other books? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I always say that my first, my first like author crush was Jupa Lahiri. Uh I love her stories. Um, she was kind of the first author that I read for language. Uh, before that I, I grew up in a restaurant family. And so I read all sorts of popular fiction because it was like anything that was available at Costco while we were shopping is like what (laughs) I could buy. Um, and so, but yeah, so I grew up with, you know, like Costco fiction, read a lot of, I read a lot of Amy Tan. I read a lot of kind of like Chinese family sagas, which was what my first book was. And then I came to Jhumpa Lahiri and, and started, started falling in love with the language. And, and from there, I love, I love Jennifer Egan. I, I, I love, um, Motion Hamid, Exit West and, and How to Get Filthy Rich and Rise in Asia. Yeah. I love Elena Ferrante. Yeah. More the skewing literary. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think I did fall. I first fell in love with the stories, and then, and then I fell in love with the language. And I'm always like interested in how to mesh the two, so that you have something that's like highly readable, and yet you do stop at a sentence level, yeah. because that's kind of I think what what blew me away about, about just the act of writing of the act of writing novels in general when I was coming to it early on. Well, I feel, you know, again, that you really executed well on the language piece and the story, but you know, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, and um, thank you for the love on, on that summer roundup for good morning America. That was so kind and such a nice surprise. Oh, well, well-deserved. I mean, by the way, I was not alone. I was researching <laughs> to see what happened with the book afterwards. And you're like a best book of Apple and BuzzFeed and all sorts of places. So I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I have such good taste. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it so much. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Tell me about this cover, because I feel like the cover could have gone in so many different directions for the story. I think they nailed the cover. This is my favorite cover I've ever had. And they did it on the first try, which is really pretty miraculous. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, basically, I... I only had one request, which is that I didn't want, I didn't want a human on it and I didn't want a woman on it. Yep. And, and so they took that to heart and my editor from the get go, she said she had a designer in mind who is this Vietnamese American woman who's really cool. And she was like, I think she's really going to get this book. And she did. And, and she just made this Gorgeous. and it was, it was pretty amazing. We all just saw this cover and said, this is it. Yep. Um, and she actually, she made like 12, iterations but this was like front and center it's clearly the one that she wanted and it was the one that we all wanted and and as you do we still like kind of asked for a few tweaks because we we're like maybe it could be better if we did this and we just ended up with the original <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean she just she nailed it with like the the feeling of escapism i feel like and and taking off and kind of leaving the New York cityscape behind. And um, there's just kind of this feeling of, of motion and, and heat, I think, that comes yep. off of this cover. And so I think she did, an, she did an amazing job. I think covers are so hard. Yes. And I love like this hint of fabric at the bottom, right? The pattern. Yeah. We, Sorry, yeah. It, exactly. Exactly. And we messed with that fabric too. I was like, maybe we could get a better fabric. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's great. I love all the colors and, you know, this whole, I mean, having to play, having, uh, having the kaleidoscope stores themselves to play with is so fun. I mean, did you, went yeah, any of the yeah. marketing, like, did you do anything with, I mean, I was looking at your tour pictures earlier, but anything with like some of the, like the bizarre, like environment of the store, recreating the store, or having an event in a similar type store, or anything like that? You know? That's a great idea. I wish we would have thought about that, actually. If I turn my big block, you know, there, there might still be time. But we did we did think about making an item from the store to give away with books. But then it got kind of tricky because there's this whole aspect of that the family's, you know, wrestling with cultural commodification and, and whether or not what they're doing is, like, cool. True. And so to, you know, package, you know, an item and, and send, you know, a maybe piece of cultural commodification in the mail... You're right. They're like, I don't know, maybe this is maybe this is dicey. You're right. So we did we did not go that way, but we did think about it because I I mean, I think that a lot of the stuff that they would sell at Kaleidoscope would be really cool. Me you too. Know, not, I would want to go there. I know. I still think that I would want to go there despite yeah. um I know. I feel bad. The issues right I know. I feel but, I feel yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad, but still. Yeah. So tell me about getting into writing to begin with and how that happened for you. Uh, sure. I, I, I came to this sideways. I, this was never quite the intention. I don't think I understood that you could be a writer of books as a, <laughs> as a profession for a really long time, not until, you know, I was pretty much my last year of college. I was an Italian major, um, which was completely unorthodox. Basically I needed to finish and I, I transferred, I transferred to, to Barnard in New York when I was a sophomore and I'd taken a year off 
and gone to Italy to live for a year and I and I needed to finish this degree in three years, I promised my parents. And so Italian was the way forward and I was kind of smitten with the language and, and the culture. And so I started doing that. And then there was this this writing teacher at Barner named Mary Gordon who who ran this really amazing workshop. Um, but you had to apply and it was pretty rigorous and and I, I was interested and I've always been kind of interested in writing, but she rejected me and she kept rejecting me. And it just, it became, I became kind of determined to get into this class. And then I realized that actually over at Columbia across the street, you didn't have to apply to get into the, into the creative writing classes. And so I took one there and I, I wrote a short story that eventually got me into Mary's class. And I just, I started working on this story that was essentially about, about my mother growing up as a kid in Hawaii in the 1960s. And I just started writing this this story in Mary's class and I had about 50 pages when I graduated. So I had 50 pages of like maybe a novel and then an Italian degree and like no job prospects whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up winning this award and, and Mary said to me, I think you have a novel, you know, like if you, if you can do it, I think you should try. And it's kind of the first time it, it struck me that maybe I could try and do this. And so I did, I just chased it for like another three years and I did it. I, I, I kind of learned to write this way. I was completely outside of the world of like, publishing and writing programs. I had no idea what an MFA was like just at all to the point where like a month before my first novel came out in 2015, I realized I didn't know a single other writer, like not (laughs) one except for like just Mary Gordon. And so I called her and I was like, Mary, like I need a friend. Like you must have a friend for me. Everyone comes through you, you know, similar age, first book out, like you got anything? And she was like, yeah, I do. And so she set me up on a friend date. And now, now she's the writer named Julia Pierpont. And she's, we're in a writing group together. And, and yeah, it was, that was just kind of like became um, my entry point into understanding kind of like the world of writing. And then I, you know, started learning things. But I, I came to it like very, very kind of blind, naive and working in a vacuum, which was an interesting way to write a novel. And, and, you know, I think kind of like a, like a good and pure way, but also I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no one really has any idea what they're doing. So yeah, I think that that honestly does. It remains true. <laughs> Do you live in New York still? No, I've been in Portland, Oregon for almost two years, but was in was in Brooklyn and then like Upper West Side for fourteen. Went to, went for school and just stayed. I married a New Yorker as well, but he Got wanted it. to come to Portland. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, there were so many specific places mentioned, like so, and just it was such a you know when you're like 81st in Central Park West, or now we're on like did it like anyway I'm in New York now, so I'm like okay, I feel like I can bop around and hit most of these spots. Yeah, no, totally. New York is is was such a big part of of my coming of age, my finding myself, and as it is for these characters, and you know it is like you know kind of cliche to do a find yourself in New York book. But I don't know. I feel like each each generation has something kind of new to say about why you come to the city, what it means to you and and what you do with it. Yeah. Well, this didn't come across as a cliche, find yourself in New York book. Although I can't even think of a cliche, find yourself in New York book off the top of my head. So <laughs> I, I like them. I like them all. Like they're, they are for me. Yeah. I like them too. <laughs> do you have any <laughs> advice for aspiring authors? Yeah. Um, def- so I always like to say, 
that there is so much value in in the work that you that you throw away. Every every project that I've done, every book, every idea has had just dozens and dozens of pages that don't make it to the final manuscript or um, you know, no one ever reads. And it can be really frustrating, um, especially when you're, you know, first starting out or honestly, no, even now it's super frustrating. But those those pages that you throw away always inform the story in this way that's kind of magic because you don't see it, it's all happening off stage. But it makes it makes your your writing and your book kind of muscular in the way that you know you know your characters, you know your story, and you don't you don't share it all. And so I think that's one thing I, I get that question a lot about about throwing things away and and all these things that that never never make it. And I think there's huge value in it. And any tips on balancing sort of being a, a parent of a young child with trying to be super creative oh. and turning it on <laughs> when you need it on. <laughs> yeah. Man, this is such a learning curve for me. I mean, I have a, I have an 18 month old now and she's my first. And so everything, every day is a new day. I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm learning that myself in real time. When she was, <laughs> when she was little, little, she used to sleep on a pillow in my lap and I would, and I would write. And I was like, this is pretty good. And now it's like, no, this is like, this is never going to happen. Um, there definitely has to be like a separation of she's in a, she's with someone else while I'm like turning my brain on. So, I mean, no, like I'm an absolute amateur. Do you have any tips for me? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wish I waited a while. My kids are a little older now. They're seven and nine. I have, my twins are 15, but I could barely get anything done, I feel like, aside from like keep up on emails. And I felt like I was so busy back then. And now in retrospect, I'm like, what was I so busy doing back then that I was so stressed out about my emails (laughs) all the time? I guess maybe I was, I don't even know what I was doing, but I always feel really busy. But yeah, I... Well, you are. I mean... No, I know. But, you know, no matter what I... I seem to maintain my level of busyness no matter how much content there actually is. So it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> just, a, just a baseline of yeah, yeah. chaos. I, I will say though, even now, like I'm trying to write my f- first novel that's actually sold. I'm trying to like finish it, whatever. But oh, I cool. cannot, yeah, I can, I'm having a hard time doing that with the kids around. Like I, uh, yeah, I need like quiet and time and those things are in short supply. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's it's a whole new game. I mean, it's it's really hard to have a like a sustained thought that you need when you're when you're caring. I feel like during the um like the discovery phase when you're just like, you know, coming up with ideas, maybe you can do that with like a kid nearby, but when you're when you're trying to like smooth things out or follow threads or, you know, like look for cohesion in like a longer work, I can't imagine yeah, figuring out how to do that with a kid around. Yeah. Well, Maybe it'll end up that the way I write is better for people who also have kids around while they're reading because it's going to be like these little short exactly, parts, yeah. short parts of Half little page chapters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Cecily, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fun. I have so much respect for you and your work, and I'm really excited to follow your career and see what you write next, despite obstacles in, in your midst, which are also gifts. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was really nice to chat with you. Um, you too. Have a great week. And okay, you looking too. Looking forward to your novel, Oh, yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.